2: Savage seasons all in a row. Six scary seasons for the beast to grow. Six wicked seasons to keep you up all night. Six nasty reasons for your wicked delight. Six wicked seasons that you thought was scary. Wait till season
0: seven of the Wicked Library. <laughs> September
2: 2016.
0: Visit thewickedlibrary.com from
2: Society 13 Redefining Podcasts <laughs> Before you listen to this podcast be aware this show often uses very naughty language If you don't like that you shouldn't listen Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humour at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing. Everything eventually comes down to a choice. In such a big world, so many choices. Here, in this little lost place, things are simpler. You'll find it because you are meant to. And inside, you'll find my lift and me. I'll take you where you need to go, and then you choose. Once you do, things will get much better or much worse. (laughs) Find the lift at victoriaslift.com and also in itunes at itunes.victoriaslift.com the reality of story, shapes story once upon a time once upon a time come along as we examine the many things that combine to create the magic that is story Next up, the
3: night story. So today our guest is Abigail, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, even though I... Oh, geez. Brayman, right? Brayman.
0: Yes. <laughs> the A is long. Yes, it is. <laughs>
3: and, and you said most people call you Brahman, right?
0: Yeah, but, yeah, they do.
3: <laughs> that's all right. So our guest today is Abigail Braman, and we are going to talk to you about art and making movies and other cool stuff today, right? Yeah. So before we jump into that, why don't you tell folks what you do and where they can find your work and, uh, and communicate with you?
0: Um, I am primarily, uh, primarily a freelance fine artist and I do a lot of horror and macabre oil paintings. um, And I also do illustration work also. And I don't really have a website right now because I always find social media to be, um, it's just easier for people to get in contact with you, uh, right. right now. So mainly I just post on my, uh, Facebook art page, which is just, it's Abigail Brayman art. Um, and I've just started to use Twitter a lot more recently. Um, cause apparently that's what everyone else is doing nowadays. Um, but yeah, that's,
1: that's basically what I do.
3: How's Twitter working out for you? You having fun on that?
0: Oh, it's all right. It's um, it's a little weird. You you get followed by a lot of very interesting celebrities. It's either you know, like I'm 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 noticing you either get followed by a lot of celebrities or like women who take pictures of themselves like naked. <laughs> so it's like it's 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 either one of the two. I don't know why. But,
3: <laughs> Is that your experience you know, too, Jeanette?
1: Um, when you first started Twitter account. Pretty much guaranteed. The first one that's gonna follow you is like a live chat nude model. Chick. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, at least it's not <laughs> <That's>, just me. <laughs> it's not just you. It's pretty accurate. Um, but oh, once, okay, you, once you start finding your niche, because you'll start following like other artists and some other people that are similar to you and similar to your likes, you'll actually find that a lot of the people who start following you are genuinely connected to things that you're interested in. Good, but yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the porn accounts always follow you first. They're really good yep. at that. <laughs> they,
0: they, they really are. And you know, like I always try to be nice and like follow all sorts of people back. And but then, like whenever I see those pop up, I'm like, nope, I'm like that is not a real account. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but yeah, um, you don't have to follow everybody back. Just real people.
0: <laughs>
3: yes, exactly. <laughs> I have fifty thousand Twitter followers. They're all bots. Well, that doesn't okay. help you at all.
0: <laughs> oh. Exactly.
1: Makes you look I think cool. that's how Holy it nuts. is on Instagram also. Yeah, there's a lot of bots on Instagram too. Which is impressive because you can't actually schedule posts on Instagram.
3: Someone's but hacked exactly. into it.
1: Yeah. yeah. True. Good. I, I kind of, I partially want to just jump right into Cadillac Dusk, but I, dust, sorry. Um, But I would be... I'd love to know where your journey as an artist kind of got started. Like where did you start with art?
0: Um, I mean, I guess I've always been, I've always been interested in doing something art related ever since I was a little kid. Um, I just grew up always watching movies, you know, either animated movies or uh, horror movies and just always wanted to, you know, illustrate what I saw on screen and just practice drawing. Um, That's, I guess that's, that's basically where it came from. Um, and I've, I've, I've just always been doing it since. Um, I think even like at this point in my life, I think my, my, you know, like my, my parents really support what I do. And I think they would be like really disappointed in me if I didn't do anything (laughs) art related. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've always just really preferred, you know, like darker, creepier subject matter for sure. What was one like movie or
1: art? piece that really inspired you as a kid as far as like the macabre went. Um I
0: mean I loved if you guys have ever seen um the Don Blue film The Secret of Nim, I loved that movie. Oh yeah. Um oh god like I was just in love with the uh background art and I loved his animation style. It was always so creepy. Um and you know like I I I also grew up on, you know, I wasn't really allowed to watch like a lot of horror movies, but I loved watching classics like the wolfman and like that one was
1: definitely one of my favorite movies as a kid
0: still have it on vhs
1: that's awesome so do you draw a lot of inspiration from like those older movies now or have you started now that you're allowed to watch more horror started branching out into (laughs) other sub-genres
0: um, I mean, it depends, you know, I still love all the stuff that I loved, you know, back in the day, but yeah, I mean, what I basically do, I mean, you know, all day when I'm not at work, I'm, you know, either painting while watching, you know, just all sorts of horror movies all day long and getting, getting artwork done.
1: Pretty fun. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so do you work mostly in oils? Cause I've seen like a lot of your paintings, a lot of, they're, they're stunning, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. I have a lot of room. Really- Great oil paintings, but is that just your preferred medium, or yeah. do you work in a lot of different means?
0: Um, I used to mix them up a lot, where I would do like an underlayer in uh, acrylics first, and then I would put oils on top of them. But um, but but yeah, I've I basically primarily just switched over to oils. Um, it's just a lot easier to deal with.
1: I didn't know you could mix acrylics and oils oh, at all. Well, awesome. I
0: mean like you um generally like all you know cuz acrylics dry like really fast so it like they were good for putting like base coats on and then once they dry then you can just attack it with the oil paints
3: That's really cool. So basically the 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 acrylic part was kind of getting your vision down and and your initial lines and figuring out yeah. what you were going for and then the oil would go over top I guess kind of for I mean what is what is oil primarily known for is it is it just that it blends better or
0: yeah, yeah, cuz it's um it, it's it's got like a linseed oil base mm-hmm. and it it takes a lot longer to dry and uh it's just easier for blending colors together and getting like a smoother look cuz you know like you could you could work with oils and then set it down for like 4 days, come back to it and it's still wet so then you can just keep messing around with it. Oh. Um, yeah. It's it's a burden and it's also really good at times, you know, cuz like sometimes you're like, "Well, I need this to dry like right now," but then it takes a while, so it just depends on.
3: See, my experience with oil painting is mostly from watching Bob Ross.
0: Yes. Bob Ross is the man.
3: (laughs) I used to, you know what I used to love watching was like he would do something. I'd be like, oh man, you screwed that up. You're never going to, you fixed it. Damn it.
0: Exactly.
3: Him and his little bird and his little friend and the happy little trees. Yeah. Bob was awesome.
0: Yeah. And he's finally on Netflix, which is like so great.
3: Is he really? That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm have yeah, to grab I think they that. put
0: like all of his episodes up on there.
3: Now, who was the who was the other guy? There was a German guy that I remember watching too. And he was very angry. Like Bob was kind of stoned all the time, and then the other guy was like <laughs> an angry German guy.
0: I don't know if I know who the angry German guy I'll is. I have to
3: research. He he was on like the same. I remember like I'd come home from school and and it would be Bob Ross, and then it would be this other guy. And it, the most violent thing Bob ever did was beat the hell out of his brush.
1: True. <laughs> That is
3: so true. <laughs> so, I mean, as yeah. two artists, is Bob Ross pretty good? I mean, I mean, for me as a layman, I just watch him. I'm like, that's amazing. But I mean, what what artists actually think about Bob Ross?
0: Most artists I know fucking love Bob Ross. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's he's both kind of like a joke in some ways because he was just so chill about everything. But then at the same time, it's like, but he actually was a really great teacher and he was yeah. a really good painter.
0: <laughs> yes, he was.
1: <laughs> but it's just like, you know, oh, that wasn't a mistake, guys. Just do, do, do. And suddenly you have a <laughs> butter. It's fine. You know
3: what? I wanna, I'd put a, I'd put a little house over here if this was someplace. <laughs> I think I'm going to put a house there and then I'm going to visit that. A happy that. house. A happy little house over <laughs> here. And I'm gonna, see, I'm going to put a little tree here. This would be a place for my friend. He's my chipmunk. Oh, uh, that'll be nice. <laughs>
0: yeah he's he's an inspiration to um like a lot of artists that i know um you know he was always awesome to watch on tv as a kid yeah for sure
3: so i'm looking at your (laughs) facebook page man you got some cool stuff up there
0: oh do i (laughs) you do oh that's good my 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 art page oh yeah yeah oh good yeah Um, I, I, I feel like I haven't posted paintings in, you know, in a little bit because I've been so preoccupied with this movie, but, um, I started working on another commission that I put aside for a little while, but I was working on that a lot today. So I'll, I should probably have photos of that one up a little bit later.
3: Yeah. You do a lot of portrait art too. And, uh, I love Leland Palmer. It's fantastic.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, oh wait, oh wait. Do you mean, um, are you talking about the, uh, Twin Peaks one? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um uh Agent Cooper. But I would love to do Ooh. Leland Palmer too.
3: <laughs> the the one with the white hair, that's not Palmer?
0: Oh, wait a minute, which one?
3: I'm looking at uh, also- I'm looking at uh maybe it's just an early maybe maybe it's before you had the uh the colors oh, in
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's probably why. He looks um he's he's a little bit more finished now. I'm okay. letting him dry and I'm I gonna put see.
3: Another- <laughs> I it's, see. That
0: was that was close though.
3: <laughs> well, you know, it it's it, uh it set off my inner Twin Peaks alarm, so
0: I love Twin Peaks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so with uh um you're also working on a Indiegogo project right now called Cadillac Dusk. Can I keep calling it Dusk for some reason? No, it, it, it's okay. <laughs> uh, it's like it's dusty. Um can you tell us a little bit more about that project?
0: Yes. Um I am creating a new stop motion animated horror short film called Cadillac Dust, and I'm working with lead animator David Ernst, who has done, um, animation projects in the past on shows such as, um, MTV Celebrity Deathmatch and Nickelodeon's Prometheus and Bob. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been super fun so far. It's a lot of work, but, um, you know, we, we both feel that there's not enough, you know, horror in, in the stop-motion genre at all. So we're, we're definitely excited to, to bring some of that in there.
1: I feel like stop-motion and horror just fit really, really well together. <laughs> yes, they do. Because <laughs> it's kind of disconcerting in how it moves sometimes. Um, yeah. How did you end up getting connected with David Ernst?
0: Um, Dave, actually, I, uh, one of my part-time jobs is that I work at a music store. And Dave comes in with his with his kids and they take uh, instrument lessons there. And that's actually how I met him.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, he's a cool that's guy. That's so very, random. Very that's delightful. <laughs> I know, right?
0: Like, yeah, because, um, you know, we would we you know, he would come in every week and, you know, they kind of just, you know, uh, parents who always just come in and take lessons, you know, they, you know, they'll say hi to you every day and then they leave. And then um, he saw that I posted a flyer for um, this art show I was having a couple years ago. And then, you know, he started talking to me about that and, and, you know, he's like, Oh, well, I'm super into this and this and this. And then that's how, that's how we got uh, connected. And then he was telling me that um, we, we originally were going to do a different movie project first. Um, but then we realized it was way too much work for just two people. Cause we were going to do like a full length movie and we were like, there's no way we can do this by ourselves. So we're like, let's start out with a, with a, with a short film first to get things rolling. Um, and that was definitely a good idea to to start out doing yeah. this first for sure.
1: <laughs> definitely shorts are a little bit more manageable to, uh, approach and kind of, yes. So are you, um, planning on using Cadillac dust as sort of a proof of concept as you go forward and do a bigger project? Or is this like part of a labor of love as you start crafting this?
0: Um, I, I guess it's probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, stop motion animation is something that I've always wanted to do. I'm, I'm super, super passionate about it. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're going for this like really, really realistic style where, you know, most of the time you see stop motion today, it's very, you know, it's either stylized and it's for kids, or if you do find some that's for adults, it's like a comedy. But, um, you know, ours is just going to be, solely you know for horror fans um and it's going to have a very realistic look to it kind of like how the humans look um in the movies fantastic mr fox and um anomalisa so you know dave and i are super passionate about this 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 project and um i think it's going to be a type of story that's going to really really intrigue people and catch you know the attention of a lot of horror fans that that i think a lot of people would definitely like um and and yeah you know this you know, we, we definitely want to make something, you know, so that we can put it out there and show everybody to see what we can do. And then hopefully that can, you know, help progress other future projects along the way, for sure.
1: Cool. What um, what have you learned about stop motion as you've been building up to this project?
0: Um, is- I've learned that,
1: <laughs>
0: yes, um, you know, I mean, even, you know, I like to read a lot of informative art books and I've read tons of art books on, you know, all of you know a lot of the the stop motion movies that are out there today and it is just so much work um but it's so much fun you know like i've I've never had this much fun you know working on a project before um because this is something that i've always wanted to learn how to do and you know because like a lot of people when they you know if they hear me talking about this this project they just think it's claymation and you know it's like it's it's not it's you know, where, you know, all of our puppets are, are going to be used, you know, uh, made out of either, you know, silicone or foam latex, which is what all the major companies use, you know, for movies like Coraline and, um, you know, via box trolls. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, everything that, you know, you're going to see on screen has to be made by hand by either me or Dave. Um, and, you know, that, that goes from, you know, the, you know, like right now, Dave is building the mockup for the Cadillac, which is, really coming together and it looks awesome um but yeah it's 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 very very strenuous and it's so much work but um you know dave is so talented where he he knows so many old school tricks along with new school tricks and he's just been teaching me how to you know like combine the two and he's showing me all these like little tricks around certain things and definitely been a lot of fun
1: what kind of uh, between the old school and the new school tricks formation? what are two very big differences between that
0: Um, I guess, you know, old school tricks would, yeah, like, um, old school tricks would be like, you know, when you watch certain movies, you'll think that there's, you know, somebody's adding digital effects to it where, you know, instead of us doing that, since we're on a lower budget, you know, Dave can find a way to, um, it's kind of hard to explain without really showing it. Like, you know, like there's a way to get around making something look like water and make it look like water, but it's all, you know, all done traditionally. Or like same thing with like clouds or, you know, even like, um you know, you can you can build your set. But then in the background, instead of building a million trees, like if you're building a forest, you can paint that that background. So then, you know, you can have your set in front of that and then kind of the, the painting behind it. And it looks like you have a full set. So like, you know, little things like that. Um, and then, you know, new, uh, new school techniques would be more like, you know, the fact that we are going to be employing, you know, silicone puppets and um, we're we're building all of our own armature parts that go inside of the puppet, which makes it movable. So um, Dave has been, you know, coming up with schematics to make them, you know, to, you know, like we're not buying bulk parts. So since we're, you know, building all of our own, we can make them so that our characters can be like the most flexible and have like the most uh fluent movements possible the so stuff like that I guess
1: so as you've been ha- have you ever worked with like puppetry before or is this the first time you really started to get into it hands-on
0: yeah this is this is definitely the first time that I've ever done it hands-on um and it's been very very fun to learn how to do all of this stuff
3: so You obviously have done a lot of of traditional artwork where you're painting and you're drawing and sketching and and working in a lot of different other mediums. How how does that experience prepare you for what you're doing now, transitioning into, I guess, more of a, a 3D environment where you're actually working with puppets and sculpting and that type of thing?
0: You know, right now, what I'm doing on this film, um, I wrote the story and I'm going to be directing it, but, um, my main job right now is, um, I've been doing all of the, uh, storyboard artwork and, and the concept art to build up to, you know, I'm, Dave's going to be doing most of, you know, what he's really, really good at, which is, you know, the uh, building aspect of it. Um, so what I've been doing is, you know, I'm kind of drawing out you know what the characters are going to be, look like, what the what the sets are going to look like, you know what the sequences are going to look like, and then I pass them off to him, and then he can get a better idea of, you know, how to, um, turn that into a three dimensional object essentially, and, you know, that's what we need uh, for the for the for the crowdfunding, you know, so that we can actually, um, you know, hire other people to help us out and to make this because if it's just going to be Dave and I, it's going to take a while, but um, but yeah, um, that's, that's basically what I've been doing as of right now. And I know once we get past the pre-production stuff, I'll, I'll start helping him out once I get all the preliminary art stuff done.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. So, so uh, what was your process like writing the story?
0: Um, you know, a lot of people have asked me that and it's, it's, it's kind of hard to answer, you know, cause like, um. They asked me, you know, cause some people have read the uh, script already and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're like, Oh, where did you come up with the story? And, you know, it's always a
3: really tough question. It's kind of like, how do you know what you want for dinner? You know, I just got, that was what exactly. I was it's for. like, I don't
0: know. <laughs> like,
3: I mean, did you have any certain rituals to get you into the, the mindset of the story and to, and to keep you focused? Cause I find that, you know, sometimes that can be the tough part is if you have a lot of ideas, knowing how to f- focus and, and head in the, the proper direction.
0: Yeah, you know, I've, I've usually, usually what what keeps me going and what gets me in the right mindset is just, um, thinking of it like, well, this is a job and this is what I have to do and I'm excited about it. And it kind of just pushes me in that direction to get it done. Um, where with, with this story, you know, you know, like I said, Dave and I were going to do a different longer story, um, that, that actually involved zombies at first. And then we were like, well, you know, this is going to be way too much work for the two of us. So I tried to condense. Or, or choose a story that that was going to be, um, you know, minimal set design, you know, there's only really two characters in this, in this short film, um, and there's a Cadillac car, you know, and there's, there's only really one major set. So, so, you know, I guess I was just sitting down and thinking, um, you know, what kind of story can I come up with that's going to be a reasonable and doable amount of work for two people to get done. If it has to be two people getting it done, right? Um, and 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 I guess that that's that's kind of where it where it stemmed from. And then I just started thinking of you know what would work in this environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually all came together pretty well.
3: You know, it's one of the things that I kind of like about the smaller projects like this because of budget constraints. I find that a lot more. Of, of these stories are character driven. So you really get to focus on the character and the story, you know, whereas if you're looking at these bigger projects, a lot of times they get sidetracked on special effects and all this stuff that oh, really distracts from the story. So it's kind of yeah. cool to see a return to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
3: What else you got Jeanette?
1: Sorry. I was drinking some hot chocolate because you
3: know it's summertime right why why wouldn't you want hot chocolate
1: (laughs) exactly it's you know a very light refreshing drink for uh
3: it's only 90 (laughs) degrees out let's have some hot chocolate right exactly
1: you know um so I'm curious, uh, with your with your art career and with your artistry, are you all are you self-taught, or did you get some classes and stuff for the oil painting, etc.?
0: Um, I am primarily self-taught. I I did go to school, but I it's actually kind of a long story. I you know I was um I was a fine art major, and I had a couple professors that I just you know. I don't know. I didn't really like their 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 teaching style as in I I didn't really think that they taught very well. Um so I actually kind of switched majors into focusing more on art history and um fine art was secondary. And so then I kind of just would go home every day and, you know, read a lot of books and sit down and basically just paint every day. Um, you know, like painting is, is definitely for me self-taught. Um, but I definitely did have a lot of really, really good classes, um, for like illustration and graphic design, which, you know, definitely helped me out a lot.
3: That seems to be a recurring theme in our interviews lately that, uh, you know, the the folks (laughs) that went to school for art just got frustrated with the way that people were trying to teach them and, and almost force them to go a certain way, which is weird to me because my stereotype in my brain about art is, you know, it's like follow your own path and and do it your way. You want some basic oh, yeah. technique, but you want the the freedom to to be able to explore. And it seems like that's not really the way that art is taught in these institutions. Yeah.
0: I mean, I definitely feel like if I went to a better art school, it I'm I'm sure I would have had a better experience. You know, like I think just the one professor that I had, he just didn't like teach at all which which was the issue you know like he was kind of just like all right you have to do this have fun and then he would just go read his paper <laughs> and i was like That's well terrible. i'm like i i can go home and do this for free and teach myself you know it's like why am i paying to sit in a class and do this you know um i will not say who that teacher is but you know it's like um i just definitely you know got turned off by that whole experience and i was like i would rather just learn on my own for that
3: yeah so if I'm as a writer, what I usually do is these these folks, I usually just write them into a story and do terrible things to them. Do do artists do that? Do they just paint these people into their paintings and make them terrible people?
0: Um, I mean, I've never done that. Um, but that's you know, it might happen someday. But <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know that Michelangelo did that. for the Sistine Chapel. That's awesome.
1: I've done it a few times. <laughs> Good for you, Jeanette. Very few people legitimately piss me off. But when they do...
0: You can paint they terrible, awful They make things. it into your painting.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have one that my mom found. She's like, wow, this is a really great piece of art. I'm going to frame it. I'm like, I'm so angry. Though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best I ones.
1: <laughs> Thanks, mom. Yeah, right? <laughs> So what are, um, wow, I just started asking a question without having any idea where that question was going. I guess my question <laughs> is, <laughs> what are some of your favorite pieces that you've created recently?
0: Um, Recently, let me see. I, you know, I've been jumping back and forth between so many, it's really hard to even remember what I've been doing. Um, But I... I did. I, I started this Bram Stoker's Dracula piece last year, and I still haven't finished him yet. But I love that piece, and I really want to get back to it. But I guess I'm at a spot with it where I, I'm a little intimidated as to where I want to take it, so I kind of just don't want to touch it for a little bit. Um, and I guess the other one, I, I, I definitely have been having a lot of fun with the Twin Peaks painting for sure. Um, I mean, but you know, lately I've been just doing a lot of Either horror portraits or commissions. Um, but I do have a bunch of stuff that I've been working on that's more like my own personal stuff. Um, I'm actually working on this new series that I've been working on for like a few years and, um, it's definitely more, more personal, but I'm, I'm keeping it like under wraps until I have at least like five, five or six paintings done and then I'll introduce it to the world. <laughs>
1: That makes sense. Do you find it really difficult to like keep artwork private until you're ready to show it? Or because like with the internet and social media in general, it's so easy to just be like, look at my stuff, Const- it's not done yet, but look. <laughs> yep.
0: um, yeah, It's it, it definitely does get really, really tricky, um, you know, because especially with this new series that I'm doing, um, I'm keeping it very secretive, I guess, because I like The idea that I'm doing and you know I get very nervous with showing it to anybody because you know I'm sure as a lot of people know you know artists can be very very sheisty and steal other people's ideas um which I've seen a lot of um but you know like I think it's also just me being paranoid as an artist where it's like you know this this project's more just like you know this is like my my baby and it's like I just want to keep it a it's been, it's been very hard to not post things about it for sure. Cause I'll, I'll finish sketches and I'm like, Oh God, I want to post this, but I'm like, Nope, don't do it. <laughs> so I'm just gonna, gonna wait a little bit.
3: No, that's definitely good. That I understand that. It does take a lot of self-control. You're right.
1: It does.
3: Especially now where people are, like Jeanette said. So it's so easy to put stuff out there and get the gratification of, wow, that's awesome. You're going in the, and then, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then and then someone else will will post the same exact thing like a week later, and you're like, wait a minute.
3: <laughs> yeah, stole my idea.
1: I mean, you know, exactly. what is it? Plagiarism is the highest form of flattery, or something.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it it takes a <laughs> lot of money out of your pocket, right?
1: Yeah, yes, it does.
3: <laughs>
0: it
3: does. <laughs> it's like killing a pa- It's like killing a project. You're like, man, I put so much time into that, and now someone else. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, like they get Someone all the they get person. all the the profit and recognition
3: <laughs> so one of the projects that I'm working on is the the narration for carrot field uh, I'm actually going through now oh, and, awesome. and doing conversion and, and editing and and all that stuff for the uh you know for for the audiobook that's going to be coming out and of course you created the cover for the current incarnation <laughs> of it. what was that like
0: that was so fun um you know I've gotten tons of commissions over time where i just really don't want to do them but you know you got to do it because it's a job or then you know i've also got tons of commissions that i love to do and um vincent's carrot field was like one of the most fun commissions i've ever had to do um because you know, this this goes back to don bluth you know it's like i love his his animation style and uh when when vincent and i were, were talking about it you know, because I was like, well, what do you want this cover to, you know, to to look like? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I love the Secret of Nim, and I love that whole style. And he's like, I want it to look like that. And I was like, perfect. I was like, I got this. <laughs> it was so much fun to do,
1: for sure.
3: Yeah, when you mentioned that you were a fan of that and that style, I, I, I was like, well, I can see that definitely in, in the, the Carrotfield cover. There's um, definitely an homage to that, but it's it's definitely its own unique thing. Uh, and just the the way that you've done the characters i think uh it really helped me when i started to sit down and read and i started to try to envision the characters and what they're going to sound like and you know for doing voice work one of the things that is helpful is to to be able to see the character and that was oh, yeah. that was very helpful
0: yeah it was so fun to do um i and and you know like that was one commission where like i mean I always take my time with them, but I got so into this one where, you know, like, um, I even sat down and did, like, you know, preliminary character sketches to make sure they were perfect, and then I yeah. would show it to him, and then he would either approve or disapprove, I'd go back and fix them, and then um, it was just so fun, I love that one a lot, and I hope he does more so I can do more covers, because I just want to do them.
3: <laughs> well, I happen to know he's working on a on a second part to this, so.
1: Good. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> perfect. <laughs>
3: So what was, what was that commission? Like, how long did it take from start to finish? I mean, I guess that would, I'm Um, I'm always curious about how artists work. So maybe this is like a good example of, of like how you start and how you finish.
0: Um, I mean, you know, everyone is different because it depends on like what I'm doing at the time. Um, that one took a little bit longer than I wanted only because I was moving at the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, most of, most of that piece was, was digital. So, you know, I could just take my computer and work on it anywhere, which was good. Um, I don't even remember the exact timeline, but I know it happened last year from around. Like. We probably started talking about it last July, and then I think I finished it in September.
3: Oh, that's not bad
0: think
3: yeah, yeah, what around 60 way. days 60 days or so
0: yeah i mean you know give or take you know usually if um you know like i said if other things aren't getting in my way i can get things done a lot quicker like mm-hmm. um in february i uh one of my friends commissioned me to do a portrait of jack nicholson from the shining and they needed it done like right away and i finished it in like two weeks um so if I like, you know, really can sit down and just haul ass, like I can get it done. Um, but you know, having multiple jobs definitely interferes with that. But, right. Um, but yeah, you know, you just have to, um, space your 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 time out accordingly, I guess. And you know, instead of going to the bar all the time, you just got to come home from work and work <laughs> on your, you know, artwork and get you know get the stuff done. <laughs> That's basically yep. what I do all day. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. <laughs> What time of day do you find that you're the most productive with your artwork?
0: Um, I mean, if I have a day off, like, you know, today I have, you know, uh, Mondays I'm off. So usually I'll just get up and I do my morning routine and then I just start painting all day. Um, But then I guess I guess more in the evening, you know, because that's that's usually when I get off of work. So like around eight ish on a, you know, on a day that I have to go into my day job, I just come home and just work for like you know, five to eight hours, um, on a painting or, or, or I guess finished, you know, whenever I feel like I'm done for the day, but it's usually like five to eight hours.
1: Do you find that a lot of your work is done like binge style where you do work for like eight hours at a time?
0: Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I can have a really sporadic work schedule where, um, like during the week I kind of go into my day job at like odd hours. So I'll try to get some artwork done before I go to work and then I go to work and then I come home and then finish it or start something else. Um, but I also, you know, like I said, I work at a music store and I I actually get to get a lot of artwork done while I'm at the music store. So that, that, that works out a lot pretty well too. Nice. Um, so I always try to like split it up during the day. Like lately I've been, you know, just really working on this, this movie, but then when I get home from work, I'll I'll make sure to set some time aside so I can get some painting done.
1: That makes sense. Do you find that, like, because I know I get the same way when I'm working really dedicatedly on, like, one project, I have to have to, like, go paint something for fun because it's almost as if, I don't know, do you find that where, like, focusing on one thing for too long, you start to, like, almost feel like your artistic needs need to splash out somewhere else, too?
0: Um, I I usually only feel that way if I'm working on a project that I don't want to work on, um, you know, like I've had a couple of commissions where, um, I just, you know, didn't want to do it and it was just so straining and then I would kind of just avoid it and then just work on things that I liked working on or wanted to get done. But then of course, you know, that's the problem for the person who wants it to get done in a certain amount of time. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I usually only find that to be a problem when I'm just doing something that I don't want to do or, or if I'm inspirationally stuck, like, you know, um, you know, like I was having some tough issues with working out some of these storyboards for, for Cadillac Dutch, you know, cause I'm like, well, I want it to look this way, but how do I draw it this way? Or, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll get a little stuck if I don't know what I'm doing and then I'll just put it down for a little bit and then I come back to it when I'm, when I have a better idea of what I want to do.
3: Well, that's good. It gives you a little bit of room to breathe creatively then, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: So Cadillac dust, tell us what is the most exciting for you about working on this project?
0: Oh my God, everything. (laughs) No, um, (laughs) it's, you know, it's just been, it's, it's been one of those projects where everything that I want to do with it is falling into place, like at the right time. And it's just coming out really, really well for, you know, the little that, you know, like the little budget that like we have right now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, like, we, you know, we even have a great cast of actors. You know, like, we got um, the really talented Matt Mercer, who's playing the uh, lead role. He's been in movies like Contracted, um, and Madison County, Contracted Phase 2. He's He's been so great to work with. He's, like, such a, such, you know, such a nice guy, very talented, very helpful. Um, and then we have another actor who we can't reveal yet until right. um, after we do the uh, recording in a couple months. But yeah, you know, like it's just been great. You know, like Dave is really great to work with, you know, Matt's been really great to work with. Um, you know, I'm just excited for it to be finished and then so so we can put it out in the festivals and for everybody to uh see it.
3: Yeah. I mean you But have of course
0: a, it's it's gonna take a while, but
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if it's a labor of love like that, it's obviously gonna take time. I mean, I, I'm looking at your Indiegogo page and you have a lot of great information there and you know, the I'm looking at the fabrication of the Cadillac, which is really, really cool. Um so I mean it looks like you're having a lot of fun with the project and it looks like it's going to be something that people will have a lot of fun watching. What do you think is the most important thing for potential backers and supporters to know about the project? What should they be most excited about?
0: Um I think what they should be most excited about is um and and you know this is and I think I feel this way because this is what I'm most excited about is um you know that you know, cause I guess, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a huge long time horror fan and you know, I think a lot of people will get excited at the fact that, you know, this, this is going to be a professionally made realistic stop motion short film that is geared solely to horror fans, mm-hmm. um, which is something that like you just really don't ever see. Um, and I think people, you know, once they, once they, they see it and they get to experience it, I think, you know, they'll just get up and excited to this, you know, whole new possibility that could be introduced into the horror genre, um, and, you know, the thing that we always want our backers to know is that, you know, of, you know, and I know I always say this, but regardless of whether we make our goal or not, this movie is going to get made, um, you know, we will find a way to do it. You know, we'll just have to go broke doing it, which is fine, you know, take up another job, <laughs> sell some things, it's fine, you know, like we will do it and get it done. Um, you know, obviously having that amount will just help things to go quicker because then we can just hire other people to help us out you know because it's i guess it just comes down to the less money we have the less people that can help us with it right um but but yeah you know we will find a way and and there are always you know artists and people who who also you know would would like to work on a project like this just to get you know uh recognition or like you know name in a resume um Mm-hmm. So you know, we just have to find where where those people are also, and you know, hopefully they would want to help us out and help yeah. us make this film a reality.
3: That's that's the that's the part. You know, it's it, whenever I work on um, my my pet project, which is the lift. Um, it's a, yeah. we we've gotten a lot of really talented people involved in it that are basically volunteering their efforts and. The goal is obviously to get this out there and to have it be something bigger and it it continues to grow like a monster, which is awesome. Um, But it's uh, it's it's that belief in it. And, you know, that's where if you have money to back stuff like this, you can obviously do things that you want to a lot easier, but you know that's what we do as artists we're creative we find ways to make things happen because we oh, are course. passionate and believe in it so that's one of the cool things about this i mean i look at the the project here and you know 33000 may sound like a lot of money but from talking to artists and creators i know that it's really not because there oh, is yeah. <laughs> so much involved in in making this and making it well you know
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I've even had conversations with some people who are just not familiar with stop motion. And when I would tell them, they're like, like, Oh my God, like that's way too much. And I'm like, no, I'm like, that's very low budget. That's, Cause you know, even, um, you know, like if you see a movie, like the scrolls, if you guys have seen that, um, you know, that, that movie's budget was like $80 million, you know, but like, but that's a whole movie, you know? So right. it's like for, for like 10 to 15 minutes short, for Scott in like 33 is pretty, that's, that's pretty in the ballpark of what it would take, mm-hmm. you know, you know, to hire all of your, you know, all of your cast and crew and, you know, cause it's like, you know, we have to pay the actors, we have to fly out there to do the recording, we got to pay the recording studio, we got to, you know, mix and master, do right. editing. You know, and 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 that's just recording. You know, it's like we'll we'll also have to pay for you know silicone is very expensive. You got to pay for that. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> basically yeah. You know, like everything that that we have to build, we have to you know pay for ourselves. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm, you know, paying other artists. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to get paid too, which which they should. Um, right. You know, but 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 yeah, you know, like I said, I I hope we can find some you know some volunteers for sure because that would just be great because. Dave and I aren't making any money on it, but, um, but you know, like I would, I would love to pay other people to help it out. That'd it's the tough
3: thing that we've done as artists is we've created this environment and, and, and where things are, people almost expect things to be free. Um, oh yeah. But it, it's, it, you know, the analogy I always make is like, if you're working among artists, if you're you're helping, it's like tradesmen working together. You're like, "Well, I'll do this for you because I know how to do this and your project's cool and you're going to do this for me." So you trade favors amongst amongst the artists.
0: Oh yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> right.
3: But you don't ex- no one expects to walk into a grocery store and walk out with a cart full of food for free. So of I think it's not. it's a little different when you're dealing with like the consumer. If we're making really cool stuff for you and we're throwing yeah. all this stuff together, we're we're bleeding for it. You, you need to kind of donate or, or appreciate the art because that's what keeps people making art is, Oh, of course, everything's expensive. You know, I mean, everybody it wants is. to pay their bills and have a pizza and a beer and uh, you know, the money helps with those things. So feed your artists, please, yeah. for the love of yeah. God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Cause like, I think a lot of people, you know, just, just think, um, you know, they're like, well, if you love it, you shouldn't want to get paid. And it's like, well, no, I mean, I want to get paid so I can keep doing it. <laughs> you know, like, because if I could just make money on artwork, which I hope to do someday, you know, then I won't have to work three other jobs, you know, like, yeah, I mean, if like we I could, would rather, yeah,
3: if we could go back to the barter system, I'll be happy to give you art for free. I'll be happy to exactly. write stories for free, but you need to yep. bring me food and uh, electricity. You need to help me build things in the house and keep things yep. up.
0: Pay my rent, Pay my Clothing. <laughs> you know, that's silly stuff.
1: <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know.
3: So what are you what are yeah, I, what are a couple of your favorite rewards that you guys have on the uh, on the page oh
0: um, you know one of my my favorite ones that um, I also think a lot of other people like as well is um, we have a combo pack of um, for for a hundred bucks um, you can get a hard copy of Cadillac dust on DVD and then you can also get a poster that comes with it that's signed by Matt Mercer and by Dave and I and then you can also get a t-shirt and your name in the And I feel like there was something else in there. But yeah, but there's stuff that like you can get for, you know, just a hundred bucks. And, you know, we, we, we tried to keep everything very, you know, like, um, what's, what's the term like getting, you know, like the most for your money, um, where, you know, we also have like a, you know, a ton of original artwork that, that you can get. So where I have, you know, like storyboards or concept Mm -hmm. sketches and, you know, even like props were used on set. But yeah so we we definitely have a lot of like really cool original stuff for for people to take home for yeah
3: sure. and I think you've you've been very generous I mean there's stuff at every level so I mean even if somebody oh, yeah. can't really afford to go with with something big they can they can still you know contribute and get something for it that they're gonna enjoy um, and yeah, then those who are really excited to see something like this be made you know you have some really good big prizes or I wouldn't say prizes but some really big rewards as well yeah. Yeah, the sketchy definitely. characters is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's going to be a lot of fun to do, also, because um, I just you know, I have a couple original sketches lying around, and then you know, I'll just have to draw some more if more people want to want to donate to that one. And I love you know, I I I love sketching out these these characters, so it's definitely definitely a lot of fun.
3: Very cool. So tell us again where we can find and support your project and where we can find and support you?
0: Um, all of the Cadillac dust links for the Indiegogo, you can either find them um, you know, on my art page or you can find them on the Cadillac dust um, Twitter or Facebook. Um, it, it's kind of floating around all over the place right now. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you just go to Google and type in Cadillac dust Indiegogo, it should pop up first. Either that or, or, or the Twitter page pops up first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, anybody is more than welcome to either contact my, you know, personal Facebook page or my Facebook art page. I check both of them very frequently. So, yeah, um, all of the information about any paintings that I do or about the film itself can be found on any of those pages.
3: Awesome. And I'll make sure we put all the links in the show notes for this episode. So if people are listening and they want to find out more and they want to support you want to support people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. you can head on over to the show notes for this episode and there'll be links to the Indiegogo campaign as well as to all of your Facebook stuff, your Twitter, all that fun stuff. So they can go they can do one stop shopping for Abigail Brayman. Yes.
0: Yeah. And the campaign is only up until I think it's either June twenty ninth or June thirtieth.
3: Okay. Yeah. So hurry over because by the time this airs, you're only going to have a few days. So if you're listening, pull over to the side of the road, even if it's at a (laughs) truck stop and uh, pull out your phone and support Cadillac dust. Jeanette, did you have any closing thoughts or questions?
1: Um, Closing thoughts. I think uh, I'm very excited to see what you make with this project. For one thing, I like the fact that you do you draw so much inspiration from things that I find also find very inspiring, like The Secret of Nim and and Bluth specifically. Um so I'm excited to see what you do with this and hopefully you get enough money to actually like make it happen and make it a little bit easier. But if nothing else, yeah. like my closing thought is anyone who's listening who happens to maybe be a puppeteer Maybe you're an art director type. I'm talking to several people I know specifically. <laughs> right <here on> <laughs> Reach out to Abigail and uh even if it is barter type, let's all help. Absolutely. That's my closing thought.
3: <laughs> Yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the folks that listen to, to The Ninth Story are other creatives and creators of story and storytelling. Oh, so, you know, you're talking to a community that uh, if they can't support you financially, hopefully there's some people out there that are very talented that would be willing to help you with the project in other ways. That would be awesome. So.
1: Perfect.
3: <laughs> Fantastic. That's what it's about. We're supposed to support each other.
0: Definitely. I completely agree.
3: <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time and for sitting down with us and for talking about your art and oh
0: yeah, no problem.
3: Your commissions and and especially about Cadillac dust and I hope that you see a lot of support for that because it's something that I'd really like to see made.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys. A great Thank podcast.
3: still here? Well, then you're the people I want to talk to. So recently, we made the decision to go ahead and open up a Patreon account, which you can find over at patreon.com forward slash ninth story. And those who aren't familiar with Patreon, it's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash ninth story. And what Patreon is, is back in the old days, as I'm sure most of you know, Artists had patrons. They would sponsor their work and make sure that they had the money in order to do the work. So we create the lift and the Wicked Library and also this show, The Ninth Story Podcast. If you've listened to this show, in a couple episodes, the creators of different podcasts have talked about the fact that we create a lot of content for free. We put it out there because it's something that we love and we love to do. But we're not doing ourselves any favors as artists by giving our work away constantly for free. It makes it a lot easier and rewarding to do something when you have the proper equipment and the money in order to make that happen and to make it something that you're proud of. And there's lots of different things that we want to do with the Lyft and the Wicked Library that are going to take money to do. So we figured it's about time that we reach out to you, the listeners, and say, hey, Here's an opportunity for you to be a part of the show's growth. Here's an opportunity for you to be a part of sustaining it and making it something special to say, Hey, I'm a part of making that happen. So would love to have your support for the stuff that we make. It's content that I'm pretty proud of. I think that a lot of love and a lot of effort and more time than even I believe sometimes goes into making it and. The whole goal of it is to make it sound easy, to make it sound like it's easy to do. Uh, but I can tell you, as the one doing a lot of the work, it's not easy to do. Uh, it's not easy to put something out there with that much quality on a consistent basis that I am proud of doing and proud to put my name next to. Two shows that I care a lot about and two characters that I care a lot about. As unreal as I know Victoria is, she's very real to me. And I would be doing her a disservice if I didn't make sure that my all went into it. And in order to make that happen, sometimes we have to upgrade equipment. Uh, we do have to pay for hosting. I'd love to pay the writers, the composers, and the artists something for their work. Because right now, they're all doing it for free because there is no budget. And um, aside from you know the money that we put into the show ourselves to pay for hosting and equipment and so on. So this is your opportunity to help us out. This is your opportunity to be a part of something really cool. So hopefully some of you will head on over to patreon.com forward slash ninth story, sign up. There's some really cool, I think, rewards there. And if there's something that you want, if you have an idea for a reward that you don't see there, send me an email at feedback at ninth And we'll be happy to take a look at making some other cool stuff that you guys can get as rewards for being a part of making the show as good as it can be. I thank you. Victoria. Thanks you. The librarian. Thanks you. Looking forward to a lot more great content and making things even more special with your help.
2: Societies rise and societies fall. When the time comes, One Society steps forward to build a better future. The Wicked Library. Kettle Whistle Radio. Ninth Story Podcast. Prog Watch. Red Horse Radio. The Lift. History Goes Bumble. Listen. The M Writing Podcast. Society 13. Rebuilding Society one podcast at a time.